It's the writer's round table. And you, we we all know why you're here. We all know why we're here. We're, we're here because Mike is sick. We're here for the Mike the Patriots, discourse. Baby. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Mike is sick. Yeah. The biggest thing that's happened in the NFL in the past seven days. Everyone knows it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, I think we're, on we're a serious have some note, opinions about this. Yeah. On a serious note, you know, there's there's a lot going on in free agency. Aaron Rodgers, seven days later, still not a Jet. Lamar Jackson says he's moving on from Baltimore, and we have dynasty values that are going up and we're they're going down. We have a lot to talk about on this week's episode. Let's kick it off right now. Hello, gentlemen. How's it going? There, I got the overlay right. Welcome to the roundtable, Ahan and Edward. Thanks for coming on. Pleasure to be here, as always. Thanks for having me back on the the Mike Kosicki Weekly Special. Yeah, we we had to have uh, Ahan back for the Mike Kosicki Weekly Special. But before, right before we hopped on here today, guys, I want to get your just, I know you have probably haven't had time, well, Ahan maybe has had time to research it, but Elijah Brown to the, or Elijah Brown. Elijah Brown, Elijah Moore to the Browns. What are your what are your thoughts about that? Just right off the bat, Ahan. Not only is it a good landing spot, one of the better landing spots for Elijah Moore. Um, it's also not the Packers, so less competition for Christian Watson, which makes me happy. One of my guys. Um, yeah, I just can't emphasize enough how much better Elijah Moore is than David Bell um, and Donovan People Jones. Solid player, but. Um, they do, but they do need three pa- three pass catchers over there, three and a half with David Njoku there. You never know what you're going to get from him. Um, but another guy just that Deshaun Watson can feed. Um, you should expect the pass rate for Cleveland to go up, regardless of how good you think Deshaun Watson is going to be. So, as you get more pass catchers, the quarterback looks better. Um, so I like this for all of the Browns except maybe Nick Chubb. I'm a fan of it too, in theory, uh, you know, assuming Deshaun Watson uh, does Deshaun Watson things. But I, I want to just refer to this uh, this lovely little app called the Dynasty, Dynasty Dominator app. Um, you could do a player comparison. And uh, if you look at, uh, we'll, we'll just call them player A and player B, right, for now. So uh, player A, um, 1.4 money throws per game, a 30% deep ball completion rate, and a adjusted yards per attempt of 5.6 yards. Player B, 0.6 money throws per game, a 21% deep ball completion rate, and an adjusted yards per attempt of 5.3 yards. Player A, who I guess is marginally better than player player B, um, is Zach Wilson. Player B is Deshaun Watson last year. So I, you know, I, I, I really want this to be an upgrade for Elijah Moore, and I, and I think it will because I think that Deshaun Watson is going to do what he has normally done throughout his career. But um, you know, the the risk is there. Um, it's there that you know it may not necessarily be a better or a better landing spot potentially. Um, just throwing that out there. Four minutes in, and we have our clip of the show. <laughs> yeah player comparison. He didn't. He knew we weren't going to get player A, so he didn't. He skipped the whole game. I love that. Um, I'm not sure if Deshaun Watson is as bad as that as that comparison will will tell you, but 
Ahan, I I tend to agree with him that the the Cleveland Browns pass rate is going to go up, and and I agree with Ed that Deshaun Watson was shaky last year, had a had a awful clean pocket completion percentage, which is pretty much a telltale sign of when there's no pressure around you, can you complete a throw? So that was not that's not a good sign. But we've seen the talent before from Deshaun Watson. There's I don't want to spend too much time talking about him, really. But with the whole legal case that went around, he didn't play football for a really long time. He didn't really have a training camp. So I, I, I think we really all expected low output from Deshaun Watson anyway. So I think we've seen a return to the mean. And uh, yeah, I'll kick it over to you, Seth. What do you think about it? I love this for Elijah Moore. I think this is about as good as we could have hoped for as far as a landing spot goes. I mean, Deshaun Watson, assuming he bounces back, which I think he will, in a big way and now you pair him with Amari Cooper just feels like a perfect fit I don't know what else to say about especially when you only had to give up a pick swap you know you swap the second for the third seems like a I don't know at least on the surface to me I know you get up into a range maybe where you're a little bit more comfortable if you're the Jets getting a player there that you like but it seems like not a very big price to pay for a receiver like Elijah Moore maybe they didn't have the leverage that they Maybe they didn't have any leverage with the trade. I don't know, but uh, it feels like a really, really good fit for Elijah Moore, and I'm excited because I have him on a few dynasty teams, and I was holding out hope that he would find a home, find a good home, and it feels like this is about about as good as you could get. I don't know. What do you guys think as far as the landing spot? I mean, what what were really the realistic options on the table? I think like this is top tier among the realistic options. Uh, the Packers, I mean, there's – if you talk about uncertainty, I'd say the uncertainty with Jordan Love is probably even more than that with Deshaun Watson. Uh, the uncertainty around who else will be in that pass-catching room would have been higher, um, and that was the favorite for Elijah Moore's landing spot. So I'm happy with this result for him. Um, and the, the answer between Donovan Peoples-Jones early rounds and Elijah Moore uh, late rounds – I, I the answer to that is clearly Elijah Moore late rounds for me. Yeah, I would definitely agree. The landing spot is ideal um, compared to what was on the table for sure. Um, I'm I'm a little curious as to how the the target pegging order is going to play out. I'm a huge David Njoku stan. I think he's just ready to to go crazy or could go crazy. Um, and uh, you know, Mark Cooper is going to continue to do his thing. Um, so I guess it's really a determination of how Elijah Moore fits in that offense with uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones and uh, who Deshaun Watson goes to more. And um, I don't think we really know the answer to that question, but I'm really curious as to how it's going to play out. And I, I'm definitely rooting for Elijah Moore in that situation. I, have a, I, I thought of a quick question. We'll kick it back to you two real quick before we close the loop on Elijah Moore. Would you rather for fantasy – have Elijah Moore in the Cleveland Browns offense where we're likely going to see them being a competitive, productive offense that's in close games and is going to pass more often than they did last year, or go to a team like Tennessee or Houston where there's going to be significantly less target competition, most likely, unless, you know, draft moves. But the offenses are going to be horrible, throwing all the time, but very unproductive offenses. I'd say the former on the premise that – your claim that there's much less target competition in Houston might not be completely accurate because, well, I mean, we'll get to it, but they have a lot of men catching footballs there. Uh, and we could, how that translates to target competition is 
bit deeper of a question. I concur. I mean, I think if Deshaun Watson does what he has done previously, there's there's a chance that Elijah Moore finishes as a top 24 wide receiver this year. There's a chance, I think, potentially. It's there. I mean, depending upon what they do with Njoku there, but it, it's it's a chance. And I think it it his 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 floor in an offense like the Browns, even though he's potentially third in the pecking order, like at worst, maybe, maybe like third and a half. I don't know. Um, I think it's, it's a lot better than where it would be in those other situations. We will get to this question later on in the show, Harry Snowman, but shout out to Harry Snowman. Jason Alwine is in the chat. Jennifer Slatery. Hopefully I'm saying that right in the chat. Thank you all for joining us. And Mr. Babbage is in the chat as well. So we appreciate all of you guys. And uh, Matt, do we have a question about Mike Kosicki? Uh I believe I believe we do. But first, I will address oh the I will quickly address the the David Bell question. Uh, it pretty much signals what we all thought, and that's the first route or the first year bust is pretty much what we're going to see out of David Bell. He's probably not it. He's not going to make it in the league. If someone will will give you a later round draft pick for him, still, I'm I'm probably flipping him as, as soon as I get the opportunity. If not, just releasing him uh time it's for it's a bummer for you i'm sure for, for, time for the entree yeah but when one door closes another door opens and through that door is is charlie football so mm. chuck swizzle will will atone for for what david chuck bell swizzle. did right. uh time for the main course what everybody came here to, to listen to the new england patriots have signed mike gusecki my team decided to go out and pay the man four and a half million dollars to, I suppose, play behind Hunter Henry in what may be a a twelve personnel only team from here on out. Because when you think about it, you you're not signing Mike Gesicki to block. You're not having Hunter Henry do the same either. So you're paying these men to run routes. I, I, they're, they have no significant pass catchers on the team. They have no outside receivers. What are the Patriots doing? And and is there a free agent move that's managed to surprise you even more this week? So in talking about Gusecki, I, I would agree. It, it doesn't really make much sense. Are they going to run both him and Juju in the slot simultaneously out of 12 personnel? How is that going to happen? How is that going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. But um, – the other, the, another move that uh, I was sort of perplexed by um, had to do with the Texans, who also acquired a tight end. They wound up acquiring Dalton Schultz and uh, um, Devin Singletary, two like mid veterans that like I, you know, you know, your bottom franchise really. Like your you, your talent is just terrible. I, I feel like if you're going to acquire players, right, you're either going to want to, you know hit home runs with them, or you're going to want to try and see if you could bring somebody young in who could develop and, you know, do what, you know, and hope that you, you know, catch lightning in a bottle there. Um, you know, um, I just don't, I just don't understand what they're doing there. They're just filling bodies, I guess, maybe, I don't know. I mean, they did get Dalton Schultz on the cheap. Uh, I mean, he's getting paid $2 million less than Josh Oliver, which I, I, if you told me that that was going to happen at the beginning of the the offseason, I, I wouldn't have believed you because I'm not really sure what Josh Oliver is going to add to the Vikings that Dalton, Dalton Schultz can't. Um, but those, that's, you know, I, I was pretty surprised by the Texans moves 
in that regard because they already have also with Singletary, they already had Damian Pierce there. You know, Pierce uh, played pretty well last year. See if you could run him out there again, be a really cheap, uh, you know, bell cow-ish type of guy. Uh, but instead they decide to pay for running back um, because they just like to, I guess, spin the wheel. I, you know, just, just make, make like they're doing stuff. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's cause there's that Bill Belichick connection there with uh, what's his name? Nick, what it Casario, Casario, I don't know how to spell it, say, say his name, but Casario, um, there you go. So yeah, I mean, maybe that's it. I don't know. That, I was confused by that for sure this week. So to address the, the the Mike Gesicki stuff. So from a football perspective, I actually don't mind this as much as, as you might think, um, I I was gonna make the 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 twelve personnel only joke, and you can really envision Bill O'Brien doing this. If Matt Patricia was was still the offensive coordinator of this team, I would not even be on the show because I wouldn't want to show my face as a Patriots fan. But um, with Bill O'Brien, I can kind of see what this Patriots offense is trying to do. Even with the downgrade from Jacoby to Juju, which really shouldn't have happened, they should have just kept Jacoby. Even with that downgrade, I kind of see that they're trying to build like uh, each player fits like its own sort of archetype kind of offense. Like Juju is the yak guy. He's going to get all the screens. And then Gesicki and Devontae Parker are going to get the jump balls, which is crazy to say out loud. But I actually don't mind the landing spot. Remember Hunter Henry's fantasy football relevance last year was solely rooted in the fact that he was getting red zone targets, and if he caught it, he would have a good fantasy week, and if he didn't, he would be irrelevant. Um, and I can sort of see that kind of situation be uh, for Gesicki, uh, so I actually don't mind Gesicki as a as a late round best ball uh, pick if you if you're happening to happening to you know back um, stack with with Mac Jones if if your situation gets ugly enough like that. So I don't mind it, but. Um, from a football perspective, I guess it's going to be interesting to see how the Patriots uh, finish last. Um, as opposed to, or not opposed to, um, in relation to um, the other free agency signings by other teams, completely agree with Ed on the, on the Texans. It was very interesting to see. I was trashing Dalton Schultz all offseason, and then now he gets one year, nine million. I'm like, oh my, that's a steal. Um, so how the turntables there. Um and when I got the show sheet uh, for today, um, I wrote down as my note, LMAO Raiders, the fuck. Um, and, uh, you know, shortly after that, I, you know, we, we sort of see part of the answer to what the Raiders um, have had to do recently and um, want to address that Foster Moreau uh, tweeted out earlier today um, that he's been diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. So all thoughts and prayers with him, uh, serious stuff. And thank God he was a free agent um, and he found out through the physical. Um, so always good. I'm sure he's going to fight that thing. Um, but with regards to what the Raiders have done um, outside of Foster Moreau, so they've they've signed Austin Hooper and O.J. Howard, um, mind blown um, by the fact that, that that's that's their tight end duo. Uh, we got Philip, or we, the, they got Philip Dorsett uh, and Cam Sims, um, and then obviously uh, received the non uh, Josh Jacobs received the non-exclusive franchise tag. All of this while they acquired Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Myers. And my one takeaway from this is, you know how every year all the sharps are saying Tyler Lockett is undrafted is going underdrafted again. How are we doing this? 
Okay. Every year we do the same thing with Jacoby Myers. Why is he the ADP wide receiver 47? He shouldn't be. He's going to be a target hog. He's going to be in an offense that's going to pass more, even with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, just because they're going to be behind every damn game. And Jimmy Garoppolo, Devontae Adams, like rightfully hates his life right now. But Jacoby Myers will eat on those short routes. So I love everything that's happened pushing Jacoby Myers under the rug so that I can draft him. Yeah, I, I think I think it's interesting to bring up because I think you're talking about two secondary receivers that lead to bigger conversations about primary receivers because the, the Cowboys traded for Brandon Cooks, which I think is a really good compliment for C.D. Lamb. And I think starts the conversation now that we are going to be having for the next uh, several months leading up to redraft season. Do you want CeeDee Lamb or do you want Devontae Adams? Because now Devontae Adams get, has the quarterback downgrade paired with a, a wide receiver that complements Jimmy Garoppolo a heck of a lot better than it complements you know, Devontae Adams. Now, Devontae Adams can pair well with any quarterback. I'm not saying that he can't. But clearly, Jacoby Myers is a shorter distance ADOT target, which Jimmy G is, I mean, if you watched him play in San Francisco, he, sh- he throws the ball shorter, so it, it, it's a likely fit there. Um, and I so that's the move I thought was really good. I thought I thought that complements Ceedee Lamb really well. And to talk about Mike Kosicki, it's not what we hoped for, but whenever people are going so far on one side, like oh my god, this is a terrible move. I can't this fantasy career over. Flush him down the toilet. I see value. Another per- one person's trash is another person's treasure. And I'm not saying Mike Kosicki's trash because I'm holding on for dear life. I'm I'm holding on, baby. It's only a one-year deal. Maybe next year's the year he winds up with the Chargers. I'll never let go. I'm always I'm always going to be a truther. And and yeah, you could hear how sad I am by all of this with like the little voice crack when I said I'll never let go. But the Titanic theme. I don't know. My. My happiness for the next 365 days revolves around how the Patriots choose to deploy this man into their offense. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do. I, I don't hate the signing. It just with with all of the moves that this team has made over the past two, three seasons, it just doesn't ease my concerns of them not really having a direction. Ahan's take did a little bit, but I'm still struggling to get behind in getting excited about Bill O'Brien directing this offense. Uh, what what really took me by surprise the most is that the Buccaneers have no idea what they're doing. Speaking of teams that have no idea what they're doing, they have not moved on from either Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. They have re-signed Jamel Dean to a fairly large contract. Granted, they have a clean out after 2025. Uh, and Levante David. So signaling they're not trying to rebuild. And then they trade Shaq Mason and then sign Baker Mayfield. Shout out to Sam Hoppin on Twitter for putting that one, putting that picture together. Uh, I saw that tweet this morning and and I lost my mind. Most of your moves signal that you're not rebuilding. And then you go out and make tanking moves like signing Baker Mayfield as your starting quarterback or quarterback competition with Kyle Trask. So this team is going nowhere. They're going to, they're going to make a free agent move that I'm going to call out later in the show. That's, going to further add to their tanking and the Buccaneers are going to be potentially the worst team in the NFC South this, this year. 
So we talked about it a little bit. Maybe we can just further this conversation a little bit. Who's winning free agency and who's losing it, Ahan? I mean, winning, I, I think a lot of a lot of people want to be on the hype train and I'll join given what they've done so far, uh, which is the Detroit Lions. Um, they have been active and I don't praise making moves for running backs often, but they managed to make a good move there too by upgrading to David Montgomery. Um, and that's just yep, yep, that's yep. just a, that's just a sprinkling of what they've done because uh, they've signed uh, Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, Cam Sutton uh, at cornerback at safety, uh, CJ Gardner Johnson, one year, eight million. I think that's a steal. Um, and we we all know they already have a lot of tools on offense already. So the fact that they're they're active and they're addressing um, a pretty bad part of their team last year, which was the secondary, um, they have been they've been cooking lately. Um, and I don't think it stops here because um, they have the ability to to make my prediction come true and and sign Lamar. But they have been winning so far um and I, I don't know if we're getting into losers yet but i just really want to want to further match point uh which is the losers of the free agencies uh the rams and the bucks were both uh super in super bowls recently and here we are it shows you that you got to value when you get your shot to win a championship because a couple years later uh you might be completely clueless i'm not really sure what the bucks are doing um we figured this was going to happen with the Rams eventually. It's just happening a lot faster than I thought, where they still have multiple elite players on their team. Um, but what is the direction? Um, they're, they traded Jalen Ramsey already. I'm not really sure if they have a goal. Um, and with regard to the Bucks, I just want to point out, uh, last week when the Baker Mayfield signing was announced but not yet official, um, Mike Evans said on his Twitch stream, um, yeah, because someone mentioned it in his Twitch stream, thoughts on Baker, and he says, um, I'll have thoughts on the entire quarterback situation uh, soon. Um, translation, when it's official. Um, he has not streamed ever since. Just saying. <laughs> I would also go radio silence uh, on uh, Baker Mayfield if he was throwing me the football or going to be throwing me the football on a regular basis because there would be a lot of bad stuff that would come out of my mouth. Um so I applaud Mike Evans for uh, showing some discipline there. Um, I, I think, you know, we've, we've talked about the losers. I, the one loser that I, I think is a loser, but also probably intentionally, maybe they're intentionally losing, is the, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, they haven't really had any, like, signings of note. Um, in fact, I, their only real add to their offensive skill position core is, is Zach Pascal. Which if you're if you're if you're adding Zach Pascal, that's like if that like headlines like you're, you're looking down an article and it's like key additions Zach Pascal that I think you automatically lose free agency okay um, you know their their quarterback right now or at least for the first you know beginning part of the season I know that everybody's saying that you know I think like Kyler Murray is targeting like a midseason return or something like that I, I believe that when I see it but um, you know, right now they have a 37 year old Colt McCoy that's going to be throwing the football week one. Um, and again, they haven't really added anything of note in free agency. They're trying to trade uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I think they're asking a bit too much, apparently, based on what's out there. Uh, it sounds like that they're probably going to get something similar to what Brandon Cook just got for Hopkins, which, you know, if I'm the team looking to acquire him, I, I'd pay that any time. Um, but, you know, I think they, they're not really doing too much, but I think it's it's done intentionally because they, they think that – I think that they're trying to use this year to maybe reset. And who knows? I mean, if they 
are terrible this coming year and they get the number one overall pick, um, you know, they could probably move on from Kyler and take, um, you know, uh, it was Caleb, you know, uh, with, I placing his last Williams. name. What's well, Williams, right? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Ca- uh, Caleb Heisman. Caleb Heisman. Caleb there Heisman. That's it. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I think it's what they're doing is, is, is interesting. And so far they're losing, but I think it's done intentionally. Um, and the one winner that I have, um, and this may be a homer pick of sorts, is the Giants. I think they navigated the whole Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley nightmare, right? Because this was a team that originally they were like, okay, we're going to you know, ride with Daniel Jones uh, this coming year. We're probably going to stink, and uh, we're just going to move on after his contract expires. Um, and it just didn't turn out that way. So they had to completely pivot from what their original intentions were at the beginning of the year. They had to work out a deal with Daniel Jones, and I think they worked out a pretty good one. I mean, he's getting paid a little bit more than, um, you know, Geno Smith. Um, they still have an out in that contract after two years. So, you know, if he, you know, is absolutely terrible this year, um, you know, they can move on from him relatively quickly um, and have it not hurt the cap situation too much. Uh, and because they were able to work out a, a deal with uh, Jones, they were able to franchise Barkley, which is the ideal move for any, <laughs> you know, running back that's coming off his rookie contract, right? That's what you want to do. Um, they addressed the linebacking position with uh, Bobby O.K. Ruke. I think I said that right. Uh, you know, coming over from the Colts. Um, I think they're still looking to add a defensive lineman uh, of, or, or, you know, of sorts uh, to bolster, you know, a strength of their team there. I think as soon as they try and figure out what they're going to be doing or potentially adding to their wide receiving room, a room that they've already added to, um, to begin with, with, you know, Paris Campbell, um, and, uh, they re-signed, you know, Sterling Shepard or, you know, the, the hobbling, you know, Sterling Shepard at this point has been injured. Uh, but you know, I still like them as a Giants fan, they're going to get Wandell back. Um, and, uh, you know, they got Wandell insurance in Paris Campbell. Um, they re-signed, uh, Jerry Slayton. So, you know, they, they put together a unique core, including, you know, Darren Waller, too, who I think is going to, you know, eat there. He's going to be their primary uh, primary receiver in that offense. Um, assuming he st- stays healthy, I think Daniel Jones is set with a, a solid core of weapons. Um, and I think that they've set themselves up nicely when things didn't necessarily go as they originally were trying to, you know, plan on doing it initially, or at least the, how, how it seemed as if they were trying to plan to do it. So they, they made a really nice pivot and sometimes you got to adjust on the fly. And, and I think when you do that and you do it well, um, you know, you should be, you should be given, you know, an A in, uh, in, in during the off season. So. Zach Pascal catching strays. <laughs> what did he, what did he do to, to receive that? Anyway, he averaged like two fantasy points last year. That's what he did. <laughs> All right. I don't know. No one was touting Zach Pascal. No one asked you to buy in on Zach Pascal. Uh, Han and I had the same losers. So I'll, I'll quickly touch on um, the LA Rams as we, I already talked about the Bucks. Their one free agent signing that is currently on the book at Spotrack is Coleman Shelton. They re-signed a guard for two mil or two years, four point seven five million. They've done nothing. Their offense, their their team was not in a good state. Their offense is losing pieces. Their offensive line is falling apart. They don't have a stable running back room. They don't have pass catchers beyond Cooper Cup. They traded away their best defensive back. 
Their defense is getting older. Bobby Wagner is still on the wire as a free agent. This team is going from bad outlook to worse outlook. And it makes me wonder how much longer Matt Stafford has around in this league. Because if the Rams are not a Super Bowl contender, I don't know if he has... I don't know if he has that motivation to to stay, stick around or maybe he goes to a different team, but we're seeing this LA Rams fall apart real quick. Sean McVay doesn't want to be there. Everyone knows it. He'd rather be getting paid millions of more dollars to, to sit in a broadcast booth. So they are falling apart. Two sneaky winners, the Washington Commanders, I think, after getting Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator. They signed tackle Andrew Wiley from Kansas City and guard Nick Gates from the Giants. They signed a sneaky, capable bridge quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. He was sneaky good in Cleveland last year. And then the Seahawks, who they went to the playoffs, and everyone can tell in their playoff game against San Francisco that their defense, that team was not going to be able to compete with the Super Bowl with that defense. They had to retool. They had to build up upon a solid foundation that overperformed last year. It was not the strongest unit on paper. They performed really well. They add safety Julian Love, defensive end Jerome Reed, linebacker Devin Bush from Pittsburgh. So they're bolstering a talented defensive core. They locked up Geno Smith. They have the offensive foundation. Seattle's going to be very good again next year. And they're going to be they're going to be contenders to go to the NFC championship game. They can they can upset somebody to go to the championship game. I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders, but they have that roster where they're going to have a successful season. Um, yeah, Seth, what do you think? I have a couple things for you. First of all, I might, I might just totally derail us here, but do it. I think it's a good transition. First, I want to say this. Do you guys know who, uh, Paul, I uh, hope, hopefully I'm saying this name right because I don't want to, uh, bes- <laughs> besmirch his reputation. Paul Baniel. Do you guys know who Paul Baniel is? That's the first I've heard of his name. No, but you do, Seth, so please tell us. <laughs> he, he announced his retirement as vice president of finance and administration for the Green Bay Packers. And that's about all that's happening in Green Bay. Like, I'm nothing else. I mean, to Tarvarius Moore, they signed a long snapper. Alan Lazard is gone. And they're talking about trading Aaron Rodgers, right? I don't know if that's going to happen. Apparently, that's not even Aaron Rodgers' fault. I don't know what's happening with that. I guess it's going to happen, but you have two desperate teams. The Jets are desperate for a quarterback, and the Packers are desperate to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, like I would be. I was like, get him out of here. Like, how how have we not made this happen already? But my question is, right, so the Packers' biggest loser, division's flipping, like six time in a row, division's flipping. The Lions are going to win that puppy, or the Bears. 420, baby. Plus 420. Plus 420. So here's my thing. I have a trade sitting in my dynasty, or in, in, in my dynasty calculator, in my in my fantasy league right now. It's essentially this. I trade Matt Stafford. I get Jordan Love. Do it. You didn't even let me get to the part where I said the Packers upgraded a quarterback this offseason. Does that not mean anything to you? I think I got to do it, guys. Do I think it. I got to do it do it. it although it like pains me to do it but it's see this this guy and, and he's a nice guy he's been in this league for a while i think he thinks he's being clever you know i think he thinks he's that's being a clever. way to say he's trash at fantasy he's a really nice guy 
he's not trash. He's actually a pretty good. I think he made the playoffs this past year, but I think he's trying to swindle. He thinks he's trying to swindle me. I think it's the opposite. Don't you? I don't know. Like, I think we all agree on that. So I think that's interesting that we see Matt Stafford going in a downward direction, especially with the talent around him now. And Jordan Love potentially taking over has a lot of physical traits. We'll see. We'll see if he developed at all in, in his time in Green Bay. So I think that's a good transition to talk about this. And I can't remember if I'm stealing Matt Babbage's question or not. But I'm anyway. Uh, which players have seen their dynasty value increase or decrease the most, Ahan? Well, since the beginning of last year, the man hadn't even. At- played an NFL game yet. Um, but I, 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 I'm a hater, um, professional hater. So I've been uh, spending my time talking down on the fantasy value um, of Damian Pierce. Um, the breakout finder for this year, all, by the way, already out. Draft hasn't even happened. Preliminary ratings are out. Uh, but last year, um, I ran uh, the breakout finder and uh, Damian Pierce um, among the you know, the, the mediocre range, right? Like, let's just put it that way. Given all the hype that was surrounding Davian Pierce going in, he was in the perfect situation. Um, he had the dog in him, all that, um, all the narratives supporting him. And he starts the year great and everybody takes their victory laps. And by the end of the year, he's burnt out. Um, and he is completely touchdown dependent. And we saw this coming. Uh, if you play in PPR leagues and you were, gawking over Damian Pierce, uh, who never caught passes at the college level, like, this is your fault. You asked for it, right? And this offseason, everything has gone not his way. Not only do they add a bunch of pass catchers, they're going to draft a quarterback um, and probably going to pass more because of all of this next year, but they also get in Devin Singletary. Not a good player, but more competition in the backfield for Damian Pierce. Uh, So, I told you to sell Damian Pierce at the beginning of last year. You can still do so now because it's still worth selling Damian Pierce. Um, as for someone who did increase his value, I'll go with another mediocre player, and maybe Matt Babbage can can fight me on this one. But Paris Campbell has seen an upgrade. Uh, it can't get much worse than what um, he had in Indianapolis last year, and now he gets a good quarterback in Daniel Jones. Yes, I... I I'm sticking with this narrative that Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. That's because it's true. Uh, Paris Campbell has has tools, athletic tools, and has shown flashes of being a capable wide receiver too sometimes. He just can't put together a string of games where he's a good player yet. But there's still time, um, and if there's a situation to do it, it's with Brian Dayball. So now is the time if you can get Paris Campbell for cheap. This is a uh, buy low on a decent player. I would as a as a Giants fan, I, I completely agree. Ahan, uh, can't wait to see touchdown passes from Daniel Jones to uh, Paris Campbell every week. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think another player whose value went up uh, this week particularly was Damian Harris. Uh, you know, he wound up signing with Buffalo. Um, I think a lot of people are going to look at that situation. They're going to say, well, you know, Josh Allen, he's, he's the goal line running back. So probably not going to get a lot more touchdowns. People might think that I I think that there's potential there, particularly since, you know, Josh Allen was, I think he's still nursing a a torn UCL. I think he, he still needs to have potentially surgery on that or something to that effect. Um, I don't think that that's something that necessarily heals by itself maybe, but I'm not a doctor, so I could be wrong. Um, so maybe they look to, you know, um, protect uh, Allen a bit. 
Uh, I know that I think the Bills GM came out recently and was like, you know, before the Harris signing and was like, we need to add, you know, basically a grinder. Essentially, they need a, a big running back because they have, you know, basically two scat backs on their roster in James Cook and Naheem Hines. Um, so Harris definitely fits a role, has a role in that backfield. Um and he has the role all to himself, essentially. Um, and I think the people who were drafting James Cook in the first round of Dynasty rookie drafts last year um, feel pretty stupid. And they should be because you don't draft the running back that weighs 199 pounds um, you know, that, that high in, in a Dynasty rookie draft. Just throwing that out there. I know Jamar Gibbs oh, is no, getting – Jameer spin. Gibbs. I know Jameer Gibbs is getting similar height. He's getting similar height. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying the range of outcomes here um, – you know, um, he, he could be James Cook in uh, he could be James Cooked in uh, in a year's time. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Um, I mean, with with respect to value down or you know who's uh, who who lost value. I mean, I I like um, I was like in the like five stages of grief with uh, DeAndre Swift um, when David Montgomery was signed by the Giant uh, by the by the uh, the Lions. Um, you know, first I'm like, oh, well, this can't be that bad. I mean, you know, Swift's good. You know, he might still get like, you know, um, some opportunity there. And then, uh, it just went downhill from there because the more you look at it, um, you know, it's not going to be good for Swift. Um, I think two years ago, he saw his highest opportunity share of his career at 57% opportunity share. Um, and I can't imagine it. I mean, that's probably like going to be his career high. As, as long as he stays with the Lions and David Montgomery's there. Um, he's probably not going to be, um, you know, utilized on the goal line. He, I mean, he's still going to have some boom spike weeks with his reset, you know, his receiving profile. I think that he's a better, you know, receiver than Montgomery and he's going to be utilized that way. Um, so I, I don't think that his fantasy, you know, I, he's certainly going to still be fantasy viable. I think he's going to be a, you know, solid like RB three. That'll probably, you know, boom for, you know, RB one weeks at times. Um, but I think right now he's still going in like the top 24 on underdog. I don't know if that's changed or not, but um, that being said that, that he, he should be a lot lower probably come September. Um, and I think that those ADPs with um, him and Montgomery are going to flip at some point. So he's a big loser and it's, it's, it pains me to say that. Yeah. yeah. Damian Pierce was always going to be a loser. So thank you on for pointing for, for pointing that out. It's the, it's always the draft capital. We can look we can look to it. With this running back class, there was going to be somebody the Houston Texans took a shot on if they decided to forego every single veteran that was hitting the market. There were a lot of veterans hitting the market. So if it wasn't Devin Singletary, if it wasn't Damian Harris, if it wasn't David Montgomery, it was going to be Kendra Miller or Israel Abanikanda, somebody that was going to – bring down Damian Pierce's value. Uh, I'm confused as to why Ahan thought I was going to have to fight him on Paris Campbell because I just, I agreed with everything he said. I'm, I'm very much pro Paris Campbell. I want that on the record. A, a current Colt, not a former Colt that has seen their value go up, not necessarily due to free agency, but more because the CJ Stroud hype is Michael Pittman Jr. He's going up as he should be. You missed the train, most likely. He's he's pretty much at the cusp of where his value should be. So he he's kind of risen to the top of where his his upper percentile outcome is. Alan Lazard's value went up going back with Aaron Rodgers with an asterisk, you know, pending Aaron Rodgers trade. 
but Alan Lazard goes from Aaron Rodgers to Aaron Rodgers, follows him to a a better offense that's going to be fast paced, maybe you know, fast paced for an Aaron Rodgers offense potentially with with the weapons they have. At the very worst, he's going to be seeing the pretty much the same target share as he's used to seeing. So I think I think Alan Lazard value up just not having to be tethered to Jordan Love. I'm not necessarily a Jordan Love believer personally. Um, I know we I agreed on the the Jordan Love side of the dynasty trade, but I, I haven't really seen a lot. I'm not going to pretend I'm a, I'm a quarterback evaluator, but there hasn't been anything that has made the Green Bay Packers want to move on from Aaron Rodgers to a rookie quarterback. They're wasting up his rookie years. Uh, if they really saw something in him, they would have been okay letting Aaron Rodgers retire the first time. So I think that's that was always a signal flare for for what they thought of Jordan Love. Uh, for down, I actually had Damian Pierce and DeAndre Swift. So I guess I didn't prepare well enough for that. But uh, really anyone that added running back competition, right? Anyone who's in, a, in an RB committee now. So James Cook value went up and then it went down again. Uh, <laughs> So he's been a roller coaster. Uh, he, I don't think he's James cooked. I think, I think he's James just about what he was last year. So it, maybe that makes him cooked, but that also makes him a, a weekly play. If Damian Harris is never, is, isn't on the field. And if he gets more passing work than, than we're expecting, then he becomes a potentially a usable RB three on a weekly basis. So, uh, I'm not, I'm not totally out on James cook, but his value is definitely going down. This entire segment of making James Cook puns is completely cringe. Just gotta, just gotta put that out there. Well, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully transition it here. Do, do I get to take a David Montgomery victory lap? Because, because somebody was saying that I thought he was gonna go back to the Bears, but you know, like I've been saying it, and I know the metrics don't support my opinion. I know this, so it wasn't popular. I get it. But I've always admired David Montgomery as a football player. And, you know, the knee-biting Dan Campbell saw that too. And so maybe I should go get a job for Dan Campbell. I don't know. But three years, $18 million. I thought, you know, that was not a small sum of money. I know in this running back market for David Montgomery. I And, yeah, David Montgomery, slide him right into that Jamal Williams role and tears for DeAndre Swift, hopefully in maybe next year. We'll see. Well, maybe maybe next year he finds a new home. But I, I and then Harry Snowman's in the chat here. So he's got Kendra Miller going to the Chargers, and and he agrees with the Pittman. But the thing that Harry Snowman said that come on, we have to you can't you can't imply this, Harry Snowman, that Jordan Love is gonna become something. I don't like. It's almost if me buying Jordan Love in Dynasty is an insurance policy. It's it's if he's good, he's good for my dynasty team. If he's bad, which I hope he is, then that means the Packers are gonna suck, right? What am I what am I missing with they let Aaron Rodgers sit? Uh, well, yeah, I think you were anti Jordan Love, maybe. Oh, oh, they look with Brett yeah. Favre and everything. Yeah, yeah, I, I got yeah. it. So the I Packers have this Hall of Fame formula for quarterbacks, right? They just let them sit for five years or whatever. <laughs> That's like three so coaching become, staffs ago. They become Hall of Famers. I don't know. So I. Go- what? Going back to David Montgomery though, real quick, I pulled up his I pulled up his contract. I actually really like it for the Lions. You can take a victory lap. It's a good contract right. for the Lions. It's a two point eight million dollar cap hit this year, only a six point nine million dollar cap hit next year, and then they have an out 
after 2024 with a $2.25 million dead cap. So 2024, here's your breaking news. David Montgomery has been released by the Detroit Lions. Um, but for two years, they'll get him. So Harry Snowman probably agrees. Trade love for Stafford. Yeah. I have Matt Stafford in a in a two QB league, and I think I'm going to throw that deal out there after the show. That's a good one. I think that's pretty actionable, guys. I, th- yeah. I think we I think we uncovered something. So anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, Matt. I think we gotta I think we gotta talk about we've we've talked about one of the two quarterbacks that we have to talk about on a weekly basis now. So we've checked off Aaron Rodgers, and now it's time to talk about the whole situation surrounding Lamar Jackson. They're starting to become more and more media reports that this is, in fact, all about the guaranteed contract and the ramifications that that would have on the QB market in in perpetuity for the rest of the NFL until some sort of rule change would have to be implemented. Do we need to start preparing for a world where he doesn't play in 2023? I have my thoughts very thoroughly prepared. I know I'm going to argue. I know I'm going to disagree with some of you, so I will let the three of you air your thoughts on this first. I hope not, man. I have a lot of exposure to uh, Lamar and various stacks uh, on Underdog because um, I, I, you know, I, I just like where he's going now. I mean, obviously, <laughs> assuming he plays, right? Um, but I mean, so. If the cat already wasn't out of the bag, right, with Deshaun Watson signing um, the guarantee contract that he signed last year, with, you know, Kirk Cousins signing a guarantee contract when he signed a guarantee contract, right? Um, you know, I, 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 I would say that, yeah, probably he sits. But I, there's, there's no chance that he's going to sit, I don't think. Now, does he wind up with the Ravens? Um, I think so. I think that's where he ultimately, you know, goes to. I mean, they have all the control of him right now. Um, it doesn't seem like the market for him is high, although it seems like also that there's been some more rumblings of late. I think like Jim Ursay was drunk and liked the tweet or something like that. And, uh, you know, look, all of a sudden he's a cult now. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, other than that, um, uh, you know, I, I, I would be, I'd be absolutely gobsmacked shocked if uh lamar doesn't play because again the cat's already out of the bag you already had two quarterbacks sign guaranteed contracts at some point in time in in, during the nfl um and he's not necessarily making history with it so somebody's gonna cave some team is gonna be desperate for a quarterback in caves and uh lamar jackson's gonna play this year i completely agree with everything ed said i i don't i wasn't even considering the possibility that he sits just because it, do, do quarterbacks in general, like serviceable quarterbacks, do they just like sit on the waiver wire for months? Like they don't. Like people rush to get Jimmy Garoppolo. The people rush to pick up Jacoby Brissett, right? Like Lamar Jackson will will find a home soon. Um, and I hope it's not Baltimore because I don't think they're gonna give him what he needs to make a serious Super Bowl run. I don't think they're gonna give him. Uh, you know, pair him with Bateman enough to give Bateman a serious chance at being a a wide receiver one because they're just not going to add any help um, around him, including at offensive coordinator. So I hope it's not with Baltimore. Um, I hope it's with the Lions. Um, I don't think there is a serious chance that Lamar Jackson does not play, but the chance does exist, and it's a risk you take. If I've been seeing dynasty trades where people are giving up on Lamar and I, I see people trading him away for, for picks and I'm not at that at that stage 
at all yet. Um, and I still think that if he plays in 2023, he's likely a top five quarterback for fantasy. Yeah, I mean, you guys said it. I this this is a league where it's hard to find a quarterback, let alone a quarterback that's won an MVP and has the upside that Lamar Jackson has. So I think it's a perfect fit for Detroit. And like Jack Cavanaugh said when he was on the show, they don't have to give up their top pick, right? It's only the two, it's two first round picks. They could use later picks in order to make that happen. I think Detroit's perfect. I hope that happens. I think that would push them over the edge as far as being You'd have to throw them in contention with the Super Bowl contender, especially in the NFC. Uh, Detroit, I hope so. I hope that happens. It's it's interesting to think about these teams that supposedly aren't interested. Like, why wouldn't Washington be interested? I don't get that, especially with, um, you know, Ron Rivera and the, a regime that would supposedly be win now. I don't. I don't understand. Of course, Ursay is going to get drunk and tweet something, right? He, he did that with the number one overall pick. So that's that's a given. But I find this so fascinating because not that long ago, teams would have been dying to get their hands on Lamar Jackson. And now it feels like it's cooled off a little bit. And I don't really understand why. Because in my mind, and I know some people might disagree, but in my mind, Lamar Jackson can be that guy that takes you to a Super Bowl, right? There aren't, and you can't say that about many quarterbacks. I mean, there's maybe what ten of them, if that, probably not even ten in the NFL. So, Matt, I can't wait to hear what what you have to say about this. Well, I'll say that. Haunted. <laughs> that is some aggressive typing. Sorry, I was trying to look up. I was trying to look up something. I, that was, I was the aggressive typer, <laughs> trying to just you know quick look gotta, up facts before it's my turn. You gotta crunch those numbers. You gotta crunch the numbers, man. One of the reasons, and this is what I was trying to look up. One of the reasons why it's slow. It's a slow burn right now. Is that a lot of teams don't don't have the money in escrow to physically sign Lamar Jackson to this massive contract and. It's not as simple as just moving money into escrow and, and going to sign Lamar Jackson. Uh, granted, I don't know what the process is, but from what I've from what I've read, I've read it is a complex process, quote unquote. So it, it's not as simple for some of these owners just to say, "Oh yeah, we'll 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 lock in a deal for Lamar Jackson and send over two first round picks." They have to have the money available. And if you think about a team like why wouldn't Washington want him? Well, what happens when the Ravens have their hands tied and they have Lamar Jackson on a cheap, non-exclusive deal that no one matches and Lamar says he is not playing for the Ravens anymore and he sits out? The, the teams, the league can put the Ravens back in a situation where it, it, it's a hockey thing, but the the Black this just happened to the Blackhawks with Patrick Kane. I mean, they, they waited, they waited, they waited, and then finally it got to a point where they had no other – option but to just give him away for for the for anyone who bid on him and that's essentially what they're gonna they're gonna find themselves in i don't think it's a probable scenario that lamar jackson sits but i don't think the question should we prepare for a world where he doesn't play in 2023 should be met with an immediate no it's a very complex situation at the beginning of free agency we all thought it was a quick deal it was going to happen immediately and then as the media reports started to go or started to increase and the days went on, it started to become like this might not happen very soon at all. They have until July 17th to extend Lamar Jackson. So we have a while still 
for, for this to play out, which is why I don't think it's it's likely that he sits. But if in a month from now nothing's progressed, there's going to start be more there's going to be more chatter about this. Am I trading him away for picks in Dynasty? No. In fact, I'm I'm trading for him if if I have the opportunity. But I don't think it's an outlandish question to or an outlandish statement to suggest that he might not play in 2023. And I do think that we at least need to prepare for this situation to get dicier and dicier and have a plan if you're a Lamar Jackson owner of what you want to do if things start going south quickly. Yeah, we uh, Harry Snowman, not a not a Lamar Jackson fan, but I mean what about what about Mark Andrews? Didn't he elevate Mark Andrews, or is that the he, he says now? besides the tight end, he's elevated quite oh, literally every wide end. receiver he's played with that had an ability to win a single route. I mean, he has multiple seasons being among the league leaders in red zone accuracy, deep ball accuracy, catchable rate under pressure, catchable rate, clean pocket, com- uh, uh, completion percentage. He has multiple seasons being in the same tier as a passer as people we glorify like Josh Allen and being a better runner than them. So he elevates, he's elevated Demarcus Robinson. Let that sink in. Yeah, that did happen. But so uh, I, for fantasy football, I mean, and this is where we come from because this is what player profiler is for fantasy football. There's hardly a better quarterback than Lamar when he's healthy and when he's right. And I, I think this is a good comp because I really like Richardson too. I, I I think Richardson can do a lot more than a lot of people think he can, especially from the pocket. I was impressed. But anyway, anyway, um, we got another question for you guys, and then we will we will get you out of here. If there's any questions from the chat, we'll try to hit those too, but we are coming up on an hour. So is there a free agent move that still needs to happen, Ahan? Uh, yeah, all the remaining good players to the Patriots because we need one. No, on a more serious <laughs> note, on a, on a more serious note, um, Nelson Aguilar um, is not currently a Patriot. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where he lands, but we all talk about like deep weapons, deep ball specialists, and like the Chiefs supposedly have one in Justin Watson. By the way, the Chiefs receiving core, little little interesting right now. They have... Very few good players outside of Travis Kelsey, and one of those decent players just went to the Patriots. So interesting to watch what they do in the draft. But uh, Nelson Aguilar, I am interested to see where he goes because this dude will have will average about one play per month where he looks like he's back um, and then just doesn't do anything the rest of the month, which is fine. But he does stretch the field and – I, it's always interesting to see where these mediocre deep ball specialists go um, because not not just because they're going to get overdrafted and they're going to you know have a couple of ceiling weeks that'll make people overreact during the season, but also might sneakily elevate other players on that team. And there's a particular team right now that could use a deep ball specialist that is now tied to a quarterback that has always seemed to demand a deep ball specialist, whether or not they're good. And it's Derek Carr and the saints. So I'm making a prediction here while, while also demanding that I want to see where Nelson Aguilar goes. Uh, We don't know what we're going to get from Michael Thomas. If at all, we know that Chris Olave is him. Um, We don't know what the tight end situation is going to look like for the saints either, because we don't know which ones are going to be used slash, which ones are going to be good long-term. That's always, you know, it's like a philosophy debate every time we talk about Adam Troutman or or Jawan Johnson. Um, so I want to see Nelson Aguilar go to the Saints 
uh, for the little bit of chaos. And uh, also, I want to see Irv Smith to retirement so I can stop seeing tweets about Irv Smith being useful. Irv Smith may retire, but he'll resurface in two years to be the starting tight end for the Raiders. That's what's going to happen. You know, the the O.J. Howard career arc, I guess. Um, <laughs> man, I'm so sad that Ahan wants to have uh, Nelson Aguilar, a deep ball specialist, on the uh, the Saints because that like would just kill Rashid uh, Shahid, man. Kill him. Kill him. You're just killing him off my dynasty roster. Um, but I, I also want to see another deep ball specialist that is uh, still free agent in DJ Chark sign with uh, a team that could use something uh, like that. And I think that team is the uh, the Chargers. If, if you look at the Chargers receiving room right now, it has you know Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, John Hightower, and Keelan Doss. That's their those their five wide receivers on their roster at present. Um, you know John Hightower, um, you know I guess in theory could lift the lid, um, but I mean. You know, DJ Chark, I think, is uh, is a stud, and he needs to go to the Chargers to be unlocked and unleashed uh, by uh, by Herbert. So hopefully that'll happen and happen soon. To to stop all the furious typing, I had to mute my mic. I mentioned earlier I was talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One move that they are going to make a blunderous signing that is going to be the signal flare of their 2023 downfall is – they're going to sign Ezekiel Elliott. Feed him. <laughs> oh, no. They cut Leonard Fournette. All the hype's going to Rashad White. <laughs> We're talking about – speaking of going off of what Seth said, saying, you know, the metrics don't necessarily back my opinion. Uh, I do not think the jury is still out on science. There is nothing about Rashad White's profile that that should should make us as excited as some of the touters are getting. And they're going to bring in Zeke to be that, you know, the same in between the tackles grinder, that goal line back that he was in Dallas. And it's going to be, it's going to be equally annoying. I believe uh, Cody Carpentier uh, called it first. And once I read it, I was like, yep, that's, that's for sure going to happen. You can see it in the stars. Another, another move that needs to happen, a good move for this team. It's not a free agent signing, but a trade. The Cincinnati Bengals are reportedly listening to offers for Jonah Williams. And if so, the Bears have probably already called and they are figuring out whatever it's going to take. And I I have a, a strong feeling that Jonah Williams is going to become a Bear because the way they can get that done, they do not have to get rid of pick number nine. So that will stay their own. And that kind of completely opens up the board for them at what they can do trade back maybe get some value so if you can address if you could address that spot before the draft that's going to be key for the bears so that's one thing i'm looking out out for closely is is the bears going out and trading for jonah williams you stole it you stole i it thought i might my, i thought i might right because right? as soon as i heard those rumors or i saw that i thought all oh, the bears would be perfect and they have three picks like in the range of maybe where you know, you would accept a trade. Like, would they take a late second? I don't necessarily know what Jonah Williams's value would be. I don't think it's a first-round pick at this point, but I could be wrong. So I think maybe one of those picks and a later pick, maybe if they package, like, a late second, because they have three picks in that range with their early third, too. Like, a late second and, like, a, a 
sixth round pick would that get Jonah Williams maybe maybe I don't know I think it could I think it could so I think that would be perfect and that would fill a huge void uh, for the Bears um, but you know another team that needs a right tackle is the Kansas City Chiefs too they, they have a void there so that could be interesting I wonder if that's one of the teams that that is called about Jonah Williams the Chiefs are one of these teams that were like you know I know I touted the Juwan Taylor deal but that now that we've seen what Orlando Brown went went for, it's like, huh, that's kind of interesting and head scratching a little bit. They uh, must not have liked him very much. And my Bears, who need a, a left tackle, right? And Ryan Poles was in Kansas City when they brought Orlando Brown to Kansas City. Wasn't interested. Most cap space in the NFL. It's weird. It's weird. I don't quite understand it because I was pulling for Orlando Brown to be a Bear. Uh, so I thought that was very intriguing. I don't know what to make of it, but it's interesting. It, it tells me that some NFL teams are not as high on Orlando Brown as, or, as Orlando Brown is on or, or as Orlando Brown is on Orlando Brown. And hey, he got a decent payday, not as big as he probably hoped for, but a lot of money up front. That's for sure. So he's gonna have to prove it. <sighs> as far as dynasty value. Uh, we've talked about David Montgomery, but I, I really, I know uh, this is going to sound Bears homerish. I, I still do think DJ Moore is a little underrated. I think that's going to be a pairing that is going to, uh, you know, unlock Justin Fields. So I love that. And, you know, Harry Snowman, we all, we know, we know Harry Snowman. We, it's all in good fun. You, you don't, you don't have to say, we love a good spirited debate here. Uh, so that's fine. You should have been, I don't even know if Harry Snowman was here for the la last, episode that was quite that was something right there it hasn't happened to that level in in this episode not yet anyway it still could i guess but hey we love you harry snowman you're the man uh yeah there he is uh yeah we know podfather likes white but you know who doesn't like white rashad white the salary captain he hates him Tampa bay i'm also yeah. on team anti uh rashad white Yes, right. one of us. <laughs> pull them, pull them. See, see, some of us are reason. Some of us are reasonable and use our haterade on actual bad players. I, I'm, I, I'm level-headed on Rashad White. He's just like not AJ good. Dillon. Like AJ, I'm level-headed on Rashad White. It depends he, on his situation. We got to wait it out. Right. Where are the checkdowns coming from this year? Where are they coming from? Either. Baker, Kyle Trask. He's probably. We're, we're hoping. Uh, why not, dude? We should get shirts made like Team Rashad White or, you know, Team, team Not Rashad. Team White. Not Rashad White. Like I don't know if there's yeah, yeah. another player out there who would have to think about this. We'll I think it's it's a good AJ thing Dillon. for the fantasy community. We've moved on from Gabe Davis as the most polarizing <laughs> player. The difference is Gabe Davis was never at any point of his professional football career good. And Rashad, yet, Rashad, and Rashad White Rashad White has looked good on multiple snaps playing snap. football. Snap. Snap. Yeah, snap. You can't say that about Gabe Davis. Yes, you can. Yeah, he had his weeks. Gabe Davis had snaps. He had four had touchdowns in a playoff game. Yeah. Mickey Mouse touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Well, I don't even know what a Mickey Mouse touchdown is. Oh, uh, he's okay. wide open in the end zone. 
to quickly, Gabe Davis, to, winner of free agency, right there. They haven't they haven't added anybody for him. He is still going to be a mediocre guy catching touchdowns from Josh Allen. It'll be great. <laughs> to yeah. briefly explain the slang, Mickey Mouse originates from the the NBA bubble playoff tournament, which was held in Orlando at Disney World. And then the Lakers won, and all of the replies were uh, LeBron James won a Mickey Mouse title. You know, the bubble, the bubble this, the bubble that. So, you know, LaFraud, Mickey Mouse, it's all, you know, it's all the same event. LeGabe oh, Davis. LeGabe Le- Le- Davis. All right. All right. Go ahead, Matt. Ed, Ahan. We'll, we'll give you time to plug your stuff and give a bold prediction, and then we'll get y'all out of here. So I, um, I'm, I've am i been writing um, – what am I writing right now? I'm working on some uh, some team previews for, for uh, uh, the uh, draft kit coming up. Nice, nice. So I've been writing that. Um, also um, trying to work on some uh, tight end profiles for the upcoming draft class because they, like, torch the combine, and they've got me really excited. Um so hopefully I, I can get one, those. I, I took Michael Mayer in the, at the 205 in a tight end premium league, and I got scolded for it. What? I don't. Aaron Stewart was like, "Oh, look at this guy's taking the tight ends." Oh, I mean, it's I a did, tight end premium league. It's a tight end he's premium the, league. He's the best. He's the best tight end. It's. I well, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be the best fantasy Ooh. tight end. I don't know. Mm. He might be the best tight end from an NFL. I can't standpoint. believe that? at the 205. I thought that was awesome. Gonna, I agree. He's, he's I gonna agree. be. He's gonna be a. He's gonna be good. I think. I agree. Um, for Sorry, a bold take, for a bold take, perhaps draft related as well. Um, and I don't even know if this is like bold now, but I, I, I think that there's been a lot of like, oh, the NFL's smart. They don't, you know, value running backs, you know, the way that they should. They, the, the way that they, they're starting to value running backs the way that you should, right? Um, based on just this offseason, the money being handed out and, uh, you know, everybody getting you know, one-year deals, save for David Montgomery, of course. Um, but I think, you know, I, I really think that based on what the Falcons did this offseason so far, I mean, they really prioritized their offensive line. Um, you know, I think they re-signed, you know, their starter there um, and added uh, – uh, I had it up here. But yeah, basically, you know, they, they prioritized that um, – and they also, you know, added Jonu. Um, I think that they're going to really focus on, you know, a 12-personnel team with Desmond Ritter leading the way. Uh, and the engine of that offense is going to be uh, Bijan Robinson, and they're going to take a mate overall in the draft. It's happening. Another top 10 running back. The NFL is going to be dumb. And uh, the Falcons and Arthur Smith are they're going to be the going to be the the ones wearing the dunce cap. So that so that means Kyle Pitts is. Uh... Pitscoin, 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 uh, Pitscoin has crashed. Uh, <laughs> what are you? Where did this come about? from? Pitscoin, Pitscoin. Pitz. It's Pitscoin. Pitscoin was an actual currency. Man, would I be screwed? Because I would have bought in before the draft, and I would have held, uh, and I would have held. I'm st- we're, we still, we're still holding, we're still holding on for hope. For Kyle Pitts, you have to right now. What else yeah. do you do? You can't. You can't trade him. He was. He was. I, pumped. He was. Can he, you? Can you not trade? I think he's still like the tight end one on like most. Uh, you know, fa- the fantasy tight end one. You can still trade him in Dynasty. I think. I think you still trade him. Oh, I'd like to. I, I'd like to see that. 
I got him in like the fourth round of the super flex startup we're doing. He is, the, he is two. Towards, and, sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think it was towards the end of the, no, it was at the beginning of the fourth round. I'd have to double check, but fourth round. And I thought that was good. I would Kyle Pitts is second on player profilers, uh, dynasty rankings for tennis. Those are right. Those are right. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's, uh, Ahan, what's uh, what's going on in your neck yeah, of the woods? Just, <laughs> just don't mention a... Kyle Pitts' name, please. That's, so about Kyle Pitts, no, never mind. This this is this is the cringiest episode of all time. Anyway, uh... <laughs> hey man, um, I could make it worse here. In a minute. Shout out, shout out, Nate Liss in the chat, by the way. Legend, hey, drop it, yeah. dropping us, dropping us the emojis uh, uh, to represent how cringe this episode has been. Anyway, um. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, what's going on is I'm also writing uh, for the draft kit, writing a couple of team previews. Um, also, uh, bringing back, like like I somewhat hyped up last week, bringing back more betting to player profiler. Uh, we'll bring back the juice. The NFL draft is happening soon. Uh, we're going to drop all sorts of bets uh, for that. Um, and I'm probably going to officially announce this on, on Twitter tomorrow, but um, – the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, FSGA, is holding an experts league for futures fantasy props or future, you know, player props uh, and team props uh, for all sports. Um, and uh, it's several companies getting together and drafting on Sirius XM Fantasy. And I will be representing Player Profiler there and drafting for us. Uh, that's happening in a few days. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I got the list of, of props to dive into today that we can draft, and I'll be updating uh, on my Twitter what I end up drafting and what we're going to be rooting for all calendar year long. Uh, so that's happening. As for a bold prediction, uh, the chat, uh, someone in the chat, uh, Space Monkey Mafia, gave us a perfect segue into my bold prediction. When we were talking about the Bills earlier, I didn't say anything because I was waiting for my bold prediction. So Aaron Stewart during the season does a segment where I forget the name of the segment, but he does. um, He wants to find wide receivers who are ranked very high by consensus and fade them, tell tell you to sit them and rank uh, and find sleeper wide receivers that you should start. um, And I'm going to do something similar since we haven't gotten much concrete predictions for the year 2023 yet i'm going to start that off uh by giving you two wide receivers that you can get on underdog right now after wide receiver 90 um that i think are absolute steals right now and have upside to be top 50 when it's all said and done uh the first is greg dorch of the arizona cardinals now we've been trashing the cardinals uh a little bit all you know last couple weeks rightfully so but one of the reasons is there isn't much target competition for Greg Dorch there right now. And obviously they, they could correct that with the draft, but his, his fantasy finishes at wide receiver in the weeks last year where he got at least 70% of the snaps because other people were hurt wide receiver, 29 wide receiver, 22 wide receiver, 19 wide receiver, 10 wide receiver, eight wide receiver, 51. Uh, he's showed that he could be a target hog. He's had multiple games with uh, 10 plus targets, they're going to be playing from behind a lot. Colt McCoy, what is he going to do? Is he going to throw it deep uh, when there's nobody to, you know, throw it to or when he is Colt McCoy? Probably not. So someone's got to eat there. Uh, Greg Dorch with your last pick. And the other one, the perfect segue by Harry Snowman. I posted trivia on my Twitter a few days ago, and it, it took 18 guesses on Twitter for someone to get the right answer. 
Um, this wide receiver's last season playing 10-plus games was way back in 2021. And that season, he ranked number three in the NFL among wide receivers in target rate, number four in true catch rate, number two in route win rate, number two in yards per route run, and number five in fantasy points per route run. What that translates to, solid player. He's now tied to Josh Allen. Deontay Hardy is ranked outside. He's, I believe, the wide receiver 90, the wide receiver 94 underdog best ball, and I'm taking a lot of him with my last pick of the draft. Wow, I that's those are some good ones. I am the uh, editor here at Player Profiler. Hello. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Seth underscore D-Wold, D-I-E-W-O-L-D. I'll be on Trade Gods tomorrow. That'll be fun with uh, Maddie Kiewum and Jason Alwine. That's a fun show. You should check that out. I'm all over the place uh, these days. I'll be on Mock Draft Live on this channel as well. Uh, and I have my own YouTube channel. So if you like this, if you like this cringe episode, you can probably find more cringe content on my YouTube channel at Seth Dewald. So check that out. I just posted a Aaron Rodgers video where I just basically go nine minutes. It's supposed to be an in-depth breakdown of the Jets, but it's really nine minutes of me saying they'd be idiots for trade trading for Aaron Rodgers. So anyway, yeah, I, I it's that's not as good as a Hans deep, dive i might have to hop off of here and go into a best ball draft just so i could take greg dorch and uh, deontay hardy but anyway uh matt what are you what are you working on these days you don't have a bold prediction oh oh i do thank you thank you i do have a bold prediction devin a chain right you know this guy i'm familiar i know it's i know we're a little bit far away from the draft but doesn't he just feel like the perfect kansas city chief third round they, they have a third round pick it's perfect they need it they need a Jarek mckinnon replacement i know he's a little bit smaller than mckinnon but he's got the same speed kansas city loves speed i feel like it, that's gonna happen and then if you have a chain get rid of him sell sell high because i don't know if he's that good but anyway that's my bold prediction love it a chain to to the kansas city chiefs and immediately becoming a sell high candidate love it so mm-hmm. for me uh the breakout finder is out, as Han mentioned, and with it will will come some articles. One of them from Neil Dutton, which I don't I don't think that one's released yet. Maybe it was. I read it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was because I already it's read it. I read it. Uh, Jason's was just tweeted by the main account, so that one's out. Mine on the top five disappointments from the breakout finder will be will be released shortly. So we're taking a look at. Receivers and running backs who had a breakout rating lower than what we would have expected, especially when comparing to player profilers' dynasty rankings. So excited to have that one release. I'm going to be working on some team previews for the 2022 or 2023 early draft kit. So excited to be working on that. And then I think I got to, I guess I'll ask Seth live on the podcast. Has anyone done a draft profile on Charlie Jones? Because I think I... I think I need to let the in, introduce the people to Chuck Swizzle. Well, you'd have to fight Shervon Fakimi because he's he's doing the wide receivers. But if if you can mm-hmm. beat him in an arm wrestling match, I will let you write a piece on. I don't know how you're going to arrange that because you probably live in two very different cities, and I don't think virtual arm re- wrestling is a thing yet. Doesn't sound like a fair. I don't know how we'll grade that contest. Mm. I, I might. Well, we'll, we'll, we might. Yeah, we might be able to make that 
happen. It, 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 let's, it, let's, 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 yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't want to. Siobhan's a very talented writer. So if there's anyone going to, going to take on that piece, you know, I'm, I'm happy to let it be him. But Chuck Swizzle, I, I think everyone knew I, it, it was going to come back in the, in the bold prediction. I'll, I'm making a note of it right now. I'll, I'll ask him. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll do you, I'll do you a solid. I'll ask him for you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm writing it down right now. I'm looking at the 2023 NFL draft order, and I'm looking at the compensatory pick section at the end of the third round. There's one team that has the three of the final four picks in the third round. The San Francisco 49ers have picks 99, 101, and 102. The San Francisco 49ers in 2018 drafted a player named Richie James. I think we all saw him break out for the Giants this year. Richie James is 5'9", 185. He ran a 4.4840 and checked in with a 121.4 burst score. Charlie Jones is 5'11", 175. He ran a 4.43 and he clocked in with a 124.1 burst score. Not exactly the same player, but if we look at a dynamic athlete, that was used in special teams, and they got three picks at the end of the third round. There has been a lot of talk about Charlie Jones. NFL teams are taking notice. They have, they are a win now team. They have three compensatory picks, three free picks at the end of the third round. They are going, they are going to use one of those three on Charlie Jones. Uh, Seth in our private chat just said Bill Belichick is going to draft Charlie Jones just to spite us. I actually, I actually think Charlie Jones going to New England would be better for his fantasy value than get, than going to San Francisco, where he is pretty much probably only seeing playing time when Debo Samuel isn't. So not necessarily the best player to have to to stick behind in San Francisco. But I I, I think he's an archetype that Kyle Shanahan likes. He's gonna put him on special teams, and he gets a free pick. I think he's gonna use it there. The, the the other four the other team to have the fourth pick out of the out of the last four compensatory picks in the third round is the Las Vegas Raiders. So funny enough, my my backup to this bold prediction is that Josh McDaniels and the Las Vegas Las Vegas Raiders select Charlie Jones at the back end of the third round uh, to to supplement if San Francisco doesn't pull the trigger. I would, would again would hate it for his fantasy value, but I, I just know that I am bound to have to eat crow on this take uh, because of how much I'm I'm propping him up this offseason. But uh, he's going in the end of the third round in the NFL draft. That would be awesome. I love that. That that that, that that's the show, guys. I think that's it. Do you guys have any good words of wisdom at the end here? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Thank you, Queen Latifah, for those words of wisdom. All right, for uh. Ahan, Ed, Matt, myself. Thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button. Go to playerprofiler.com and sign up for all the packages. You guys have been great. Uh, real quick, Harry, I, I, it's going to be interesting. They Maybe they should, but I don't think they will. I mean, they, yeah, we'll see, but they're kind of... Probably sign right before camp. Right before camp. Yeah. If they can get him cheap, then yeah, he's perfect. I mean, he's perfect in that offense, so... Jarek McKinnon is a rare... Jer- Derek McKinnon is a rare breed of running back, a running back that I love. <laughs> there you go. I think we got to end with that. Thank you so much for watching. I'm not going to forget to hit the end screen, and I got a new trick. Watch for it. Bye-bye, everybody.